Greetings from Los Angeles. And welcome back to the To Live and Try and Lay podcast. Rudy and Tyler here. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are we doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, this week I've noticed I've been sleeping. I've been a little sleepier. I've been staying. I've been up later and waking up at the same time. So that is not a good combination. I can relate a lot. I'm fucking exhausted. Uh, and I don't have good reasons. I can explain why, but I'm, it's not. It's fucking stupid. I started playing a new video game. Oh, wow. <laughs> not, even a, not even a new game, really. It's been out for a few years. But oh, thanks to Game Pass on the Xbox, uh, it came out for free. Never thought I'd play it. Here I am. I am playing Stardew Valley. <laughs> I've, it's, it's you and Chrissy Teigen and all the other people who are just like, oh, I get to build my own little village and oh you know, my God. craft stuff from my house. It, I think this is like, from what I've heard, that Stardew Valley is basically the a, um, a step up from Animal Crossing. So I've never played Animal Crossing, so I can not confirm, but it is kind of what I expect from Animal Crossing. It is, it's a fun game. It's kind of a mostly chill, relaxed game. However, it's addicting as shit. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, playing games like Civilization. You know, Civilization is always known as uh, the one more turn game because you've got so many different irons in the fire, so many different plans and moves that you're making that take more and more turns that you're constantly thinking, you know, I'm going to do one more turn and then I'm going to fix this and I'm going to do one more. Th- I'll do one more turn. All right, just one more turn. and I'm going to turn it off. Then just one more turn. And then you never do. And then hours pass. Well, Stardew Valley is a little bit like that. You have a lot of different things to do in a given day from farming to mining and fishing and quests and all kinds of little things. And so you're constantly just thinking, all right, I'm just going to play one more day and then I'm going to turn it off. Just one more day. Just just one more day. And then suddenly it's 1230 at night, several nights in a row. And I keep waking up early to go to work and I'm, I'm tired. I'm living on coffee right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine, you know, any game kind of just uh, takes off and, you know, takes over, you know, parts of your life because you're just like, oh, I got so much stuff invested in. Uh, for the people who don't know, Animal Crossing is one of Nintendo's big uh, franchises. It's a social simulation game, which is basically you live in a little town You build your little house and build tools and like, you know, you can create a garden or go out and collect stuff to forge objects or hunt or fish. So, so yeah. And then Stardew Valley is basically kind of just like that, like that same premise, but it's system agnostic. So whereas Animal Crossing is mostly Nintendo Stardew Valley, you can pretty much play like on your phone, on, you know, multiple consoles. Yep. Uh, You start off, you know, your grandfather had passed away and gifted you a farm. So you go there. It's all run down and overgrown with weeds. So you go, you start cleaning it up. You plant a few crops. You buy some seeds. You plant more crops. You buy some seeds. You plant more crops. And you start digging down a mine shaft getting bronze and iron and gold ore and upgrading this and that and doing it, feel, little it feels like there's quests. like it feels like a little bit of a minecraft kind of also. i mean it's a little bit of that but it's not like as i don't know world building as that is but I, yeah yeah My, minecraft is more open world yeah i was not expecting that this game had so much to it because it just keeps expanding and expanding. I thought I was just like a little town, but then suddenly like I'm also fighting monsters and I'm unlocking new parts of the town and there's places to travel to and it's a surprisingly in-depth game oh, with shit. So, lots of little mechanics throughout it. Oh, so there's like quests and uh, you know, missions that you go on. <laughs> there's lots of del- it's mostly delivery quests, so you know, Grow a certain crop, deliver so much of that crop, or go find something in the mine and deliver it to somebody. I, 
I got a chicken coop and I had to deliver 24 eggs to some dude. Yeah. It's funny. The moment fish, the moment you said delivery quests, I immediately thought of death stranding, which, Oh, just a whole (laughs) game of being like a mailman and some weird sci-fi post. It's called being the postman like that ancient movie from the nineties. But Kevin Costner, you know, that's the thing is like, I remember everyone was making fun of the postman where they're just like, you know, because it's same. It's like Waterworld because, you know, like Kevin Costner had like two movies that were set in a post apocalypse and both of them were terrible, I guess. Uh, No, Waterworld was actually good. That's the thing. People shit on Waterworld a lot. But the thing was, it cost a lot of money to make and it did not make its money back in theaters. But when people went to go watch it, they were like, yeah, it's actually not a bad movie. It's not amazing, but like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Well, well yeah, because that was the thing. It's like it's it's a hit now because, you know, we can look back at it with just like, oh, this kind of just like, you know, pop culture sarcasm. We're just like, oh, well, yeah, you know, it's just, it's. You know, I, I actually don't even have the sarcasm in it. I genuinely think it's a decent movie. It's really I mean, it's, it's like doesn't he drink his own pee in a scene? Yes. Uh, <laughs> this is a world of ocean water, so there's not a lot of drinkable water. So you do what you can. Like, look, look, I'm look. I'm not saying you that the movie isn't fun. Yeah, the movie's fun, but also, come on, it it's a little ridiculous, and I can see why some people are just like, oh, come on. It's like the whole like the kid with the map of land on his back. It's like, come on, that's a little that's crazy. So and then what, he has like gills. The- he has gills. Come yeah. on, he evolved. You know, if you could be fine with that, then you could be fine with nipples on Batman. I mean, come on. That's just that's the same kind of ridiculousness. No, that's completely it's the different. same level of ridiculousness. It's not like it's not like, you know, the big Lebowski where, you know, it had a, you know, it did, it was a flop, but it's because it was just ahead of its time. It was just, it was a comedy that people didn't get at the time. And now everyone loves it. You could say Waterworld was ahead of its time. I mean, we're, we're getting there. Well, okay. It, well, if you're making the case that Waterworld is a comedy that nobody got uh, and it was no, ahead I'm of its time, it's then it's a, like, yes, it was a comedy. <laughs> it was a dire warning to global warming. Oh, God. Um, but no, I mean, like, it's fine. It, it's a good one. Uh, no, no, I'm not saying that you can't I like enjoyed it. it. I'm just saying that, yeah, you know, it's like it was a fun movie. But, you know, if you went in there for like a kind of like, I don't know, it... I think I think it's kind of just this this idea that like yeah we wanted like a cool action adventure and it's more kind of just like a ridiculous romp in it. like like it's supposed to be post apocalyptic but also it's kind of ridiculous. Well, I you can look at any post apocalyptic thing and think about it being ridiculous because at some point we all become tribal and we all kind of start over and things become ridiculous because uh, him drinking his own piss and having gills. Not the most ridiculous thing in the movie. It's right. decent. It's it's. I think you need to sit down and watch it. Uh, I don't, well, Unironically, I, I, uh, no irony, no sarcasm. I think it's just, it's not, I don't know. again, it's I not feel a top like, 10. I feel like if I don't have the irony and sarcasm when I'm watching this, I'm not going to have a good time. Nah, it, you can enjoy like, it. Come on. Come on. Just the fact that he has gills and we're just supposed to be super serious about it. It's like, come on. It's no, not. You got to like, make fun of him of that. Come on. Well, you got to make like fun of It's not like deadly him. serious. But I mean, it's about as serious as the Christian Bale Batman movies. You know, it's. Yeah. You, you accept some bullshit and then you just go with it. I'm not saying you can't enjoy it, but also. You know, you have to take it as it is, which is just like well, it's this flop that can that's that's got some you know good action sequences, but also you know it's ridiculous. Well, now I will say, uh, I like I will defend the movie. However, it is worth noting that the stunt show at Universal Studios is still far superior to the than the movie. Like, yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah, that's just you an can awesome show. See the stunts and all this. You know what? Is it still going on? I is it. I don't know with COVID and all that. I don't know uh, if, with COVID. I don't know. Yeah, because just was, before COVID, it still was. But oh yeah, no, before COVID, yeah, it was still going. Which on. I love that the stunt show so outlived the movie by just decades. Yeah, because you know who doesn't want to watch stunts? I mean, that's that's fun to do. Yeah, but you easily could have like rearranged it to be not the water world. It could have been anything. Yeah, especially that big finale where, like, the plane crashes. 
where they That's shoot so that cool. flare and it's just like, ooh, it's supposed to be like the plane getting hit and then it crashes over the wall and splashes on the water and then and then it just really soaks impressive. the people in the front rows. That's that's a really impressive like live stage show stunt. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's stunts. Yeah, who doesn't yeah. want to see stunts? I mean, that's the same reason the, <laughs> the Jabberwockies are still have a show. Just like, yeah, just who doesn't want to see cool dancing? I mean, I'm always down for a good dance show. I well, am well, I was going to say I did see um Uma. Oh, yeah, the um movie with uh Sandra O, oh, right? Yeah. Okay, it's, how about a quick synopsis for those who don't know? So I'm I'm going to blank is if she is she Korean? Yes. Okay. Um so she's Korean American in this one and she had a bad childhood with her mother. She escaped. Now she's living on her own, uh raising her own daughter living a very solitude life out in the boonies. But then her mother passes away and her uncle brings uh, her remains to Sandra O to perform a ritual burial to kind of put her soul at rest. Mm -hmm. But she hates her mother, so she won't do it. So the soul of her mother is wrecking havoc and haunting her and driving her insane and... It's also being taken out on her daughter in turn. And so it's a whole, kind of like a, you know, it's a family drama, but also like mostly a horror, like a horror uh, film, like a ghost story. I think it's just funny because like the premise of this horror story is this woman is haunted by her mother. Yes. 90% of women completely relate to this <laughs> plot. The very obvious subtext is that she's afraid of turning into her mother. Uh that, um, that's that is funny though just like uh, like i don't know if women are going to relate to this plot <laughs> no, they all, like, yeah all, the f- all women absolutely. all women relate to just their fraught relationship with their mom i will say uh, it was mostly a very good movie well done um there were just weird little moments i don't know how to explain this but there were moments that felt amateur ish Okay. And sometimes some of it's like hard to kind of pinpoint, but like there were moments where they'd have a conversation and instead of like finishing the conversation because it was getting heated, it would just cut and it would be a new scene. And like that was weird. It, it wasn't building anxiety or, you know, drama. It was just awkward. I but see. I would still say it was a, for the most part, it was a very good movie. I would say a solid B plus. B plus. Ooh, it was a little different than what I'm used to seeing, so I enjoyed that. That's pretty high praise because I just looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, and right now, uh, the audience. What do you think the audience score is? Ooh, uh, well, audience, 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 sixty percent. Mm, close, fifty-one percent. Okay, okay, so it's okay. Now, split now, audience. now the tomato meter. So this is critics. What do you think? That came out to 30, 23. Ooh, that's yeah. harsh. So that's why the fact that you said you, you give it like 60, I was like, oof, I don't know. You were being very generous because I am. I, I didn't I, get it. I'm being generous because some of it was like stuff I had never seen before. And I, at this point, I just appreciate anything that's unique. Yeah, uh, that that seems to be the idea, like the critical consensus. Despite Sandra O's oh typically strong performance and glimmers of potential from writer-director Iris K. Shim, Uma is a cliche-ridden missed opportunity. There are definitely moments that just felt weird and clunky where, like, because we, we know she's a fantastic actress. Yeah. But there are moments where it felt awkward and it and it's like it's not her. It was clearly the directing for this where they were trying to convey something that just did not come across. Uh, I still say worth a watch. Mm, really? Well, half the audience is with you on that. <laughs> and the other half is clearly wrong. Now this, this, I get it. I, I get people not being super into it, but I liked it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, you know, with horror movies, you know, you still have horror fans who will still show up. But... True. And it's also, again, it's very Korean. Like, it's it, very good. It's like, well, it it's is, like what it's, does that even mean? It's like kimchi was just flying at me. It's just like, it's so Korean. It's like, no, it's just, I mean, it's it's very much so like Korean lore and mythology with spirits and 
rituals. And so it's kind of, it, it's also very immigrant, you know, Korean American story. Okay. Um, okay. Cause I'm just like, you know, you could just say they had subtitles. <laughs> no, no, it, it's an English movie. Uh, there's subtitles for a little bit, like when her uncle shows up, but for the most part, it's almost all in English. So it, it's, it's culturally, it's very Korean and it could, some of the awkwardness I feel like could be chalked up to maybe a Korean style of storytelling that uh, doesn't really jive with me. Cause I know that happens with me with sometimes with like some Japanese stuff where it's like, eh, it was a great story, but there are storytelling beats that just feel clunky and awkward to me. And it's more of a cultural shift more than anything else. No, yeah, I, I understand where that's coming from. Uh, sometimes with uh, live action Japanese films, uh, there are moments where it seems like the the character just comes out and says exactly what they're feeling. Yes, and I feel that a lot. You also see that in anime where it's you know it's they're being very clear and direct in a way that most people aren't. But also, but also, you know, in Japan, it's a culture that doesn't really have uh, sarcasm. There's, you know, when you say something, that's because that's what you intended to say. There's no, you don't say something that means the opposite in that culture. Yeah. It also feels like there's not a lot of like uh, medium level emotions. It's either like stoic or over the top. Especially in anime. But yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like Korean cinema does it less because I think Korean cinema is more effective in kind of just conveying, you know, like, you know, like uh, those storytelling beats. That's why I just like, uh, like, I don't see some of those uh, performances in like Korean films that I do in Japanese films. Yeah, I agree. Not to say that all Japanese stuff you know no these are just trends like i saw like you see drive my car which you know i mentioned before in the previous podcast i saw still haven't it was nominated for an oscar it's on hbo max and i don't no not hulu i think yeah it's just on hbo max but yeah it's it's a good watch but yeah it just it depends and then also you got to remember this is like the first time director writer director i think so like hey for a first time i Phenomenal job. Well, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) I've definitely seen worse. I've Mm -hmm. been in theaters and seen worse. Um, Yeah, again, I I support it. All right. That's good. And the next one up on my docket to go see is X. I read a description about that movie that said it's Boogie Nights meets the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's probably a better way to put it. I've been saying Texas Chainsaw just meets a porno. Yeah, but no, this seems like. But I think idea. Boogie Nights is more accurate. Yeah, because it's just like these people trying to like create an adult film, and you know. But I mean, that's a trope. That's that's one of the oldest tropes in horror movies. It's you know like kids having sex and you know you know being evil, and then just like you know the. <laughs> Well, you know, being sinful, quote unquote, yes. sinful, and, oh. then all, and then a murderer comes and kills them because Christianity. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite jokes from a stupid movie, uh, Detroit Rock City. <laughs> they're in the van and they're driving down the road and they see a hot girl uh, hitchhiking and they're debating pulling over to pick her up. And guys like, can't pull her o- pull over and pick her up. That's how horror movies start. Yeah, but that's also how porno movies start. And so here you go. This movie, this movie falls. And into here's the movie. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see it. Uh, we'll see. I'm excited because I am looking forward to uh, every, every, everywhere, anything, oh, great. everything, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Looking is, so good. Is going to screen at the at Century City. But I know that just the theater is going to be packed this whole weekend just because everyone wants to see that. It's It looks amazing. That looks so good. And then I don't know when it's coming out, but uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Phenomenal. I saw the trailer for both of those on the same day. And I'm like, this is amazing. I have to see both of these movies. April 22nd. Okay. So, yeah, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Damn it. Um, but, yeah, no, that one's going to that, that one's going to be good. 
or looks good. Oh, actually, it says 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I mean, it's Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage in a Nicolas Cage movie. Plus Pedro Pascal. 22 reviews have it at 100%. As they should, because it's Nicolas Cage. And for all of the shit movies that Nicolas Cage makes, he's also made some great movies. And in his shitty ones, you got to respect a guy who goes full tilt, even in like straight to DVD quality movies. Look, look, you know, you see, I see all this stuff about, you know, this movie and everyone just like, oh, Nicolas Cage is coming back. If it, I would group all this together into a photo with a tweet that says National Treasure 3 when. I mean, if we make that, it'll be great. I, it's, it's like, come on. I would watch come it. On. Come on. It's like we've been at this forever. Come on. Where's this National Treasure 3? And come on, it, it writes itself. The the freaking part three, they have to take out a bunch of QAnon, you know, alt-right idiots who are trying to, like, steal the, you know, American treasure for, like, Russia or something. Ooh. There you go. Not Russia, Vladimir Putin. Well, just like they, they secretly work for, you know, the the Russian president, the, or the Russian yeah. president. Uh, It'll the, be like, like a guy, secret guy. QAnon-like thing in oh. Russia. Who like yeah the bad guys are Russian but they don't represent Russia, I, but somehow hey man, we'll drive look, that home. Let me be clear: I will pay top dollar to see Nick Cage punch out a Proud Boy. Hell yeah! That's the movie that Hollywood's afraid to make. Maybe we could take the Proud Boy and put his head into a basket with a bunch of bees. <laughs> oh no, not the bees! Ah, <laughs> that's the thing. If there's a bunch of bees coming at you, the last thing you want to do is scream because then they're going to fly into your mouth. Yes. I don't know. But uh, but then again, you're freaking out. So it's like, who's to say what you're going to do? Quick fun fact, which I only have half the information. Uh, Tony <laughs> Todd from Candyman had it worked into his contract that he would get paid a bonus for every bee sting that he had to endure because they would cover him for in bees. Like he had bees in his mouth, like bees. Full, yeah, bees. Bees. Yeah, he was covered Beads? in bees. Beads. Bees. Bees. Bzz, bzz, bees. So for every sting, no, that no, he got, I, I, I was just trying to do the Arrested Development joke, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I expected. Oh, funny, funny guy. But yeah, uh, he made he made a bunch of money uh, <clears throat> by working that into the contract. Smart move. Oh, no, that is a smart move. I mean, yeah, you're going to deal with all these bees. Like, yeah, I'm going to need hazard pay for all these stings because come on, man. What if I can't go work in the future because I'm waiting for all these things, you know, these all these stings to kind of like, uh, you know, the swelling to die down. Yeah. And he got stung quite a few times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, even though you have a bunch, a bunch of bees on you, you don't have you don't have to be you don't have to worry about getting stung. Because, you know, they're on you, so they're not going to attack while they're all their buddies. But once they start taking them off, you're going to have one or yeah. two strays that are going to sting you. Yeah, he got more than one or two. Yeah. Nah, I'm not surprised. I mean, come on. That, that level he, of bees. I want to say he got like $1,000 for every bee sting. That's good work if you can get it. Right? Right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, then you see how many bees they covered him with. You're like, mm, maybe. Maybe I'd do it. <laughs> well then there's always the Marvel route I know we got Doctor Strange coming up And we got Moon Knight that, Coming up I think Moon Knight is closer than Doctor Strange Doctor yes. Strange looks like it's going to be the big Summer thing and we're still We're barely in the spring actually If anything I think this episode's coming out like Either spring Already happened or is about to happen Or I can just look it up uh, since I have a computer, but then I have to fucking cut out everything here first. Oh, the supercomputers in our pockets to tell us all the things that we need to know. Uh, it's March twenty. So yeah, we're already in spring. It's four days into spring. Yeah, as uh, you know, as we're recording. But yeah, no. Uh, the only th- the only thing I was thinking about because I couldn't remember any other movie stuff was instead just uh there's a lot of cool exhibits coming up in different museums oh what's coming out in museums 
well, first off, the one thing that, well, it's not in a museum, but it's in a place called Japan House, which is in Hollywood and Highland, or I think they've changed the name of Hollywood and Highland now. Ovation Hollywood. That's what they called it. Ovation? Yeah, Ovation that Hollywood. Best stupid. shopping, dining, and entertainment in the heart of Hollywood. So, yeah, it's all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, Ovation Hollywood. The big thing at Japan House was the art of ramen. So you're sold. You're, you're in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's got ramen in there, of course. It's the art of the ramen bowl. Huh, okay. Uh, it's an exhibit starting the 18th. It won't be available, well, this week. Well, the weekend of the Oscars, they're closed because it's the Oscars and the whole the whole area is pretty much shut down that weekend just for security reasons, so everything can go smoothly for the Oscars. But after the Oscars, it's open. And, yeah, it's uh, they have a whole um, exhibit just on the history of ramen in Japan became kind of just like the you know national food and uh the rise of cup noodles and all this stuff but just uh but yeah yeah just the history and how different prefectures make ramen and then all these different ramen bowls designed by different artists and they also have rotating a selection of ramen like uh ramen chefs that kind of just uh will be serving ramen in the in their like restaurant that's also in Japan House, perfect. So yeah, so you can try different uh, different ramens, and I think this exhibit is going on till July, and I think it's free. Oh, so I'm sold. <laughs> I think it's free unless you're attending one of these like special events, you know, like different uh, speaker series or other stuff that's related to that. But I think the uh, the general um, exhibit should be free. Okay. No, that sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's happening is, uh, yeah, the Barbara Kruger exhibit at LACMA called uh, Thinking of You, I Mean Me, I Mean You. <laughs> nice. Um, major exhibit devoted to the work of Barbara Kruger, one of the most significant and visible artists of our time. Basically, if you've seen any... Young person with Supreme gear, you are familiar with her work because her work is basically being ripped off by Supreme, which is that red like band with a Helvetica font of the word Supreme. But instead, her most of her work deals with, you know, pop culture, media and just how we like how society deals with an oversaturated media landscape. All right. That- Hello? <laughs> trying to think like uh I sorry I I'm still tired but I'm I'm coming back into it. I'm also look, looking at some photos of her artwork right now. It looks pretty good. Yeah. So it's kind of uh for the longest time uh Lacma has had a permanent installation of one of her art pieces which is that very kind of just uh wallpapered elevator shaft in that one gallery plastered kind of just like big I mean, not, yes. not like billboard stuff, but it's like it's all red and black and shit. And it's it just like takes up the whole kind of just like elevator shaft where you go up up the three floors. Yeah, I just didn't think that was like that a was part of the. Piece. Yeah, that was an art piece. Yes, I know. Yes, I, I That's an elevator shaft that's been uh, decorated. Yeah. Anyone who has listened to previous uh, podcasts, specifically the art one, knows that Tyler is very skeptical of anything because he doesn't want to get caught calling it art when it's not art, because then that's how they get you. I mean, it's just an elevator shaft that's been decorated and it looks cool. I enjoy it. I'm glad it exists. It's way more interesting than a fucking urinal that's been tilted. Oh, but like God. <laughs> it's just I don't know, just to say like that's the piece feels weird. You're just like, "Oh, I don't want to call it art because then they're going to uh, they're going to catch me as a phony." <laughs> that's why none of it's art. <laughs> Nothing is art. Art isn't real. Yeah, there you go. It's like they they can't get you if you just reject everything immediately. I don't reject everything though. Just I don't know. That's, it's a. It's just been decorated. 
that's and that's fine. It doesn't have to be more than that. Yeah, but no, she's just making point of just like how you know, just in the lens of just the the media that we kind of consume, and that's kind of directed at us. And she's just trying to make a point of one of the one of the big ones in a new exhibit is this uh, this person opening kind of just like this, not like a sheet of paper, but kind of just like a this kind of like stretchy kind of like silly putty thing, but like the word truth is superimposed on that. So it's kind of like, is she making a point of just like how, you know, the concept of truth is kind of, kind of gets distorted in our society. Okay. You know, See, stuff like that. I respect that. And then, uh, and then the big one, another big one that, um, is coming up is Angkor, the Lost Empire of Cambodia at the California Science Center. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, da, 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 let's see, journey back 900 years to discover engineering and cultural marvels and daily life in the Khmer Empire. I probably said it wrong, but use the tools of science to explore the rise, fall, and enduring legacy of what was once the most extensive metropolis in the world. See, I'd be really interested in checking that out just because I've played like a lot of Civilization and that pops up a lot. You want to get your Tomb Raider slash Uncharted, you know. I just want to know what it is. I want to understand the reference better. Yeah, you just want to just like, yeah, let's go to these, let's go to these ancient, you know, ancient treasures that, you know, some Laura Croft person had to shoot a bunch of rich, rich assholes to get. So that it's a, here in this museum. I'd rather go the Uncharted route where it's like, oh, it was a hidden treasure that was buried just barely beneath the surface. All I had to do was like go down like a floor. <laughs> go down a floor. Or someone just walking by and then the like the 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 floor collapsed underneath them and then they fell like, you know, like uh, 15 like feet and then just like, oh, uh, and then like. Hey, yeah. look at all this treasure. And then, yeah, That's they awesome. pick up their flashlight and then everything's just shining. It's like, holy shit, I found it. And like, you didn't really found it as more just you fell into it. Sounds found to me. But, no, but yeah, it's at the California Science Center, which I like the, you know, the exhibits that cycle through the California Science Center. But the, you know, permanent exhibits are only good unless you're a kid. Or if you haven't seen the Endeavor. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's also the thing with permanent exhibits. Like, once you've seen them. Well, I mean, because, well, some, you know, some museums' permanent exhibits are much better than others. Like if, okay, let's say, let's say you were going to tell someone to come visit L.A. and like, oh, let's go to a couple museums and like see some cool shit. All right. Number one, on the top of my list it would be the Getty. Number if you if you're taking anyone from out of town to see a museum, take them to the Getty. It's fucking amazing. It's free. You only have to pay for parking, and you get to you know you get to go up to the hill, that huge vantage point, and see fucking all of West LA. You can and see on the top ocean. of like the art and all the exhibits in it, I feel like the Getty in and of itself is an art piece. Like the whole thing is a cool place to go and check out. That's very unique. And it, it's just, it's a landmark. Uh, number two, uh, I would say LACMA. So they, they're always pretty good at just like, okay, you know, there's something there. I mean, the price is the issue. Like, yeah, you have to buy a yeah. ticket. But, and then parking say, can be, parking like can be a pain. Yeah, it, it can be for sure. I like LACMA and I don't know if it comes to my mind as my number two spot because I've been there more than any other place. Well, it's easy to it's just that, go. Because I like it. Yeah. Um, well, because you're just Mr. I don't want to see the big boulder. I mean, there's so many other things to look at. <laughs> there was a blade of grass on the ground. I saw a twig. Okay, go to hell. Anyway. Uh, uh, there, next to LACMA is uh, a more movie-related place that I still haven't checked out yet, though. Oh, you're talking about the Academy Museum. I yeah. I do like it, but their permanent gallery collection is very small okay. and is not that that that's why I just that I'm still not ready to kind of just like, OK, let's let me recommend going there. I mean, it looks nice. It has a great view from the kind of just like uh, what is it? That bridge that the Barbara Streisand outdoor 
thing. Like it's it's like an event space, but also you can see the view of uh, Fairfax and kind of uh, West Hollywood in the distance. Okay. That's kind of cool, I guess. But, but Fairfax yeah, isn't super amazing. But yeah, but yeah, but the and then the Miyazaki exhibit, which I think is still there, is definitely a must see if you're a big Miyazaki fan. You know, if you love, you know, Spirit Away, My Neighbor Totoro, all the other stuff. But as far as just the museum itself, it's still a little sparse. Okay. So, no, that's why I like LACMA because at least you know there there's usually a pretty solid seasonal exhibit. Where there's just like, okay, there's something that's coming in that's going to be really good. Like the whole Barbara Kruger thing. Uh, And then I think third would be the Natural History Museum. That one has a a solid just collection, like just permanent collection. You know, you can go there and you can fill an entire day just going through that museum. Because just there's different stuff to see. And it just covers the game. It runs the gamut. Of just you know prehistoric stuff, you got their gem collection, which is kind of just different rocks and crystals, and it's just like it looks amazing. And then you also have not dioramas, but you know those kind of just like the things you see in those mo- in movies where it's just like the big kind of like sh- not show, but um, like a set that shows kind of just what it was like to be like you know, a cave person at that time. And it's just got the, uh, the mannequin and, uh, you know, just the big stuffed kind of just like, lo- it looks like a stuffed saber tooth tiger, but it just like I the detail of that. Like that's still a diorama. Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't want to say diorama, but it's all, but yeah, it's, it's kind of basically a diorama. Cause I mean, it's not an actual pelt of a fucking saber tooth tiger. Like they didn't kill one just to make the thing. It's, it's all, yeah. but it's just done very well. So it looks real, but it's, yeah, it's not real. Yeah. No, that spot's really good. Um, I will say, I feel like you just made me think if it's your first time at a museum, I, I don't think you should go to more than one museum in a day. If it's, if it's your first time at that museum, you should take the time and really enjoy it. Well, because some museums aren't built to spend the whole day there. You don't have to spend the whole day, but like racing from one to the other. No. Well, yeah, that's the thing. That's why just, yeah, you know, there's Maybe some like muse- if- that's why there's some museums where just like I wouldn't recommend just because, you know, like you're only going to spend like half a day and then the rest of it is. That's why I would say like the Getty, you can spend. A- oh, that's a day or two. Well, yeah, you can that's spend a, a day at the Getty. You can spend a day at the Getty easy. Yeah. Uh, same with the Natural History Museum. Yes. And LACMA, well, you know, that you can, it depends on what new exhibit they have, but. Well, LACMA has a great assortment of exhibits and you just may not want to see everything, but LACMA is a good one to do. I will say LACMA is a good one to do like part of LACMA and then, you know, the tar pits, which are right next door. Yeah. But I was also going to say that, like, LACMA also has a great permanent collection. One of my favorite paintings is there, uh, The Treachery of Images by Rene Magritte, which is the pipe. And it says, this is not a pipe in French. It's just like, yeah, blows your mind, man. It's like, it's not a pipe. It's a pipe, but it's not a pipe, man. It's a a a picture picture of a pipe. But But is it not a pipe? Like, yeah, so yeah, like, don't get high and look at the painting. That's, it's not a pipe. I definitely would say don't go to the California Science Center unless you have kids or you haven't seen the Endeavor, which is the space shuttle that's on permanent display there. Because yeah, that's one that's one of the things like, yeah, that's one of the things like, yeah, you know, if you're if you haven't seen the Endeavor and you're like, oh, you, you want to see the space shuttle up close? Like, yeah, it's like then definitely go to the California Science Center because that you're going to enjoy. And if they have a good exhibit, you know, a good kind of just like traveling exhibit like the Angkor, that would be a great reason to go to the California Science Center. I think the last time I was there was, uh, I think they had like a Egypt, like King Tut exhibit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Dude, man, that was one of the hottest tickets in the city, man. Everyone wanted to go see freaking the, the Egyptian treasures. Like, shit. I know the next time my parents come down here, the Getty is on the to-do list. Like, that's number one. 
I'm surprised probably. you haven't taken them there. That's a great place. No, we've done a couple other spots, though. I probably won't recommend, you know, the Ronald Reagan Propaganda Library. <laughs> you already did it before. How was the FBI exhibit? FBI was kind of cool. I think I think we covered that when. Yeah, uh, yeah, we talked back. about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, that was a uh, great. But let's see. The only other ones would be the Broad. The Broad has been a great new new museum. That one and Mocha. And Mocha, yeah, Mocha, solid, but uh, yeah, the Broad probably still gets the attention because it still has the the Yayoi Kusama Infinity Room. That's Which another is, one I think is overrated, but I mean, there's some good stuff there. I mean, you know, you get to spend what what is it like sixty seconds in the room, just like yeah. oh, taking photos, and it looks like you're in the middle of space, and yep. instead you're worried about getting a photo instead of actually just enjoying this, the look of this room where you feel like you're in space. But also, you want a picture because, like, yeah, you don't have time to come back here again. Yep, just a couple of mirrors pointing at each other. So, yeah, so, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm going to check out some of these because, damn, it's time to go. Um, I know, with the world opening back up, it's time to get out and start seeing some shit. Uh, so, oh, we did mention about that variant, it, it, but it's not called Delta Cron. I think that's why we kept saying Delta Cron, but... I mean that is a term that was bandied about, but no, this this variant temporary is alias. a sub variant of Omicron. I think they called it BA two, and yeah, everyone's still looking. I mean, we still. I think the last I heard was we probably have a good three weeks before we find out if we're gonna have a surge. I think we'll be fine. That's my prediction. I, I like. I think it might. The numbers might bump up a little bit. But I don't think it's going to be anything severe. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, you know me. I don't want to say that like, oh, yeah, no, it's it's like it's not going to be like because then it's just egg on your face because everyone just <laughs> keeps everyone wants to be first to say it's over. I'll, I'm fine if I'm the last person to say, you know what? This is over. And they're like, Rudy, it ended like a year ago. It's like, well, I just wanted to be <laughs> sure. I don't I, know if it's over or not, but I'm over it. <laughs> really enjoying not wearing a mask right now. Like it's it's really nice. And you're just like I'm over it. It's like well, you know, tell that to people who are still dying because like we're still have we still have people who are dying. It just I know. You know that's what's wild. It's just it's just a smaller amount, and we're just like yeah, it's cool, but all right. But I'm still waiting for you know the numbers to be like low enough where it's just like all right, that you, you know then when it's low enough to. The whole idea of just like, oh, it's kind of like the flu. It's like, all right, then now we can relax. Yes. Yeah, that'll be the real turning point. But as long as, you know, most of these countries still don't have the vaccine, which, you know, that's kind of fucking, you know, Pfizer and Moderna being stingy about the, oh, you know, intellectual property and blah, blah. Well, how about ending the pandemic? And then we can worry about who gets credit. Yeah. I mean, we like... Wouldn't they want to get it out there and slap their name on all of it yeah, and just take that amazing credit? Be like, yeah, Pfizer came in and saved the day. Yeah, but I don't know. At this point, it's kind of just, uh, oh, well, we're just, you know, we're just looking out for all of that. And it'll be fine because we'll just give you guys another shot. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. Just keep giving one side more and more shots. And then the other side doesn't get anything. And they keep getting, you know, surges. So it's like, how does that help anything? Oh, it helps the side that gets the shots. <laughs> we already have plenty of shots. All right. Let's spread some out more in some of the countries that barely have like maybe five or ten percent of their people inoculated. You know, yeah, like we gotta spread it around. So that way the so that way the chance of variance keeps dropping because there's more more and more people have the shot. They're protected. That's always the biggest fear that people under think or uh, underappreciate is every time somebody gets it, that's a potential for a brand new variant. We're just like variant making machines. But yeah, but so far it looks like, you know, if you're vaccinated, you're fine. Don't, you know, nothing in the literature or in the like in what they're seeing is like, oh, this is deadlier than the previous one. So, you know, so if you're vaccinated, you're fine. You're fine. Like your chance of, you know, being hospitalized is low, which is the whole point of getting vaccinated. Fuzzer gang, what's up? 
Pfizer. <laughs> Pfizer. Although the, that's funny that you mentioned that because a new study came out that said uh, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is actually probably one of the more effective. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, it's it's shown to have just the strongest kind of you know life against all the different variants. So like mm, you know we kept we kept giving grief to you know J and J and they're like eh, it's pretty sturdy. All right, well, respect. Good on them. Yeah. <laughs> Good for them. Pulling through. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, that it was funny because just, you know, when Pfizer was kind of just like, yeah, it's very strong. And I was just like, I'm getting the Pfizer. It's like, yes, I'm, I got the best one, even though that's not the mindset we should have had. But in the back of my head, I was like, yes, the best one. And then you find out it's so it's okay. I mean, they're all good in their own ways. I think some are better at different variants. Um, early on, early on, the Pfizer was shown to be the better one. Uh, but then, uh, I guess J&J J- has got the long game. Yeah, J&J has the long game. I mean, you still need the other dose. So, But aside from that, I think, you know, it's got the strongest kind of immune response. Even though Moderna for a while also had a pretty strong response because... Some people were like, I don't want to get Moderna because it hits you super hard. But then you find out, well, it hits you hard because it's actually training your body to fucking fight the virus. Uh, But yeah, now mass mandates have been coming down pretty much everywhere. Uh, Just recently, the teachers union accepted a deal with the school district so that there would be no, you don't have to wear a mask at school. But... But I think uh, the deal included a proviso that if, you know, if uh, infection rates go up, you know, masks will go back on, which I think is important, which I think is important because because everyone wants to say, like, no, we're done with masks. It's like, well, what happens if there's a fucking surge and then the hospitals are clogged up again with idiots who are like, oh, I didn't want to get vaccinated because it turns out that was what happened last time. And I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen this time. If uh, there is a surge. happens, yeah. So yeah, so that's why. So yeah, uh, that's why I think they just included that. That like, yeah, if infection rates go up, we're gonna have to start wearing masks because it's not fair to these kids and their douchebag parents who don't get them vaccinated. Damn parents! We could have gone through this shit so much faster. Yeah, pretty much. But well, you know, we'll we'll see how this bears out this year. I will say, like, I'm I'm so over the mask, but I still keep one in my pocket. Um, one of the coffee shops I go to a lot, you know, they took down their sign asking you to wear the mask. But every time I go in there, everybody would still be masked up for a long time. So I've been wearing the mask up until I think yesterday it was one of the first times I went in there without the mask. Look, don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoy like I enjoy going out without a mask, but it's just sometimes when you go some places indoors. It's just like, uh, you know, like, like if I'm going to, I don't know, like, I think if I'm mostly going indoors, I'm like, I'll just put one on just to be fine. But like, if I'm, you know, actually, no, I'm still kind of like, yeah, I'm still kind of just like, eh, just keeping, just being careful, especially in the store. Cause what if you get it? It's like, I got it just going to a store like a dummy. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, no matter how you get it, it's go- going to be somewhat embarrassing and, Silly. Uh, I mean, I look. If you're going on vacation and you get it, then like, okay, that's because you went on vacation. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, you're just like, oh, I went to another country, and then you get it. It's like that's fu-. like I get that, you know, because yeah, you're on vacation. You're probably not as judicious about like, oh, you know, gauging risk because you're out trying to have fun. Yeah, you got to make that money work worth it. Yeah, so that's why if you get it, you know, on a trip, I understand. It's like, yeah, you're just like, I want to have fun for a bit, and then you're going to slip because just you're on vacation. I, So, like, mentally, I, I'm over a lot of it, and I'm pretty comfortable with just no more masks and all that. But I will say, I mean, the last two years really did a number on me. I've never been one to really deal with anxiety issues, but there have been days where I've gone into a movie theater. I'll go sit down, and there's other people, like, right next to me. And mentally, I feel fine, but all of a sudden, I can feel my heart start pounding, and that's a really weird feeling for me. Well, I did have that 
feeling the first time I went to a theater with the oh yeah I was going to see Free Guy okay and there was a woman a couple seats down who was not wearing a mask and this was still kind of like when we were like barely coming off of that yeah second surge like mid last year and I was like uh I was like this fucking lady is like I can't enjoy this I can't enjoy this actually no the the more stress I got was remember uh when uh Black Widow was coming out in theaters and it was kind of just like the big come out party because you know we we finally got we thought uh, we were done we thought we were done we thought we were done and you know I still wore the ma- like we still wore the mask you know when we went to the theater but sure. there was just like a guy sitting right next to me no mask and he was sneezing he sneezed twice I was like I couldn't fucking enjoy the movie I was like motherfucker like we just <laughs> agreed that fucking we're in the theater fucking wear a mask Especially if you're going to be sneezing. Yeah. And it, uh, like, and I even told you guys after the movie, I was like, I can't fucking, I couldn't fucking focus on the movie because fucking typhoid douchebag over here is just sneezing up a storm. Well, I hope you got to rewatch that movie at some point because it's, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it, it is fun. It is fun. Even yeah, it's not the people, best in the series, but uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's not. It's not, but. I mean, yeah. No, I did have fun. I mean, Florence Pugh killed it. I mean, oh yeah, she saves the movie. Yeah, because she gets to be the you know snarky kind of just like oh you know Black Widow does the pose. You're such a poser. You know, you do the pose thing where you, (laughs) and then she gets down on the ground and does the does the fucking making a whole scene. Natasha's Natasha's little like like. Uh, you know, she's like the one leg out and like her hand on the ground, and then she does the hair flip to kind of just like after she just like, uh, like she threw a dude with like that leg wrap. Yeah. And she swings around and throws a dude, and then she lands on the ground and hair flip. And like, and she was just like, You're such a poser. Like, ugh. And then she does it in the movie later, and then she's like, Ugh, I feel dirty. <laughs> after seeing Hawkeye. And now I'm kind of waiting. Come on. It's like, where is, where is freaking, um, damn, I was going to call her Natasha. Like, I forgot her name. Oh, yeah. I don't, fuck, damn it. Um, well, where, wherever Florence Yelena. Pugh is. Yelena. Yeah, Yelena. Yeah, Yelena. I'm like, come on. Where the fuck is Yelena? She's probably out there in a secret mission to kill Putin. <laughs> oh, we could only hope. It's like Black Widow 2. Fucking, she goes against Vladimir Putin. I mean, look. We have like, an early Captain America comic book of him punching Hitler in the face. Why can't we punch fucking Putin in the face? Yeah, why not? I mean, what? Let's what's he going to get mad? He's going to get mad fucking the West and their propaganda. Like, yeah, they, it's the same thing with the whole fucking, with what happened with um, Kim Jong-il. I mean, Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un in uh, the, the interview. <laughs> I was like, why not just have fun with that? Uh, that was a fun movie. That should be that should be the thing. We should have more, you know. Well, you know, some people will be like, "Oh, well, you know, like, oh, the Americans hate our president, blah blah blah." But you know, we already know what the deal is. Maybe maybe a couple years time we can have fun with the whole. Yeah, it's Vladimir Putin being the villain in our movies. <laughs> It'll be like an '80s movie throwback. There All the go. villains are Russian. Yeah, there you go. And then you and then, you know, as an update from the, you know, from the very, you know, one-sided patriotism of those 80s movies, you know, you can actually have like the hero be a Russian who's like, you know, trying to free the country from Putin's, you know, oligarch grasp and then you just like punch him in the face. I support it. There you go. Yeah, so it's not just have to be like America has to save everything and blah blah blah. It's more just like a Russian who's like he has family in Ukraine and he sees how the fucking propaganda is blinding his family to, you know, the suffering of his other like the other side of his family. And so that's why he's just like fucking he rises up and punches Putin off a cliff or some shit like that. Yeah, shit. I'd watch it. Credits. There you go. And then just put like Eye of the Tiger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh man <clears throat> I don't know how much longer I'm going to last I might have I, to uh, I want to pass out pretty damn soon I, I have stayed up way too late This whole week You as, stayed up late Well as much as I think I, I'm going to get off this podcast And go 
immediately to sleep, I'm afraid I, I, I might turn Stardew Valley back on. And I know I shouldn't. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to fucking play that game. You know, you gotta- like mentally I'm in the podcast right now. But in the back of my head, I got this fucking little voice saying, you got to fucking water the crops. You got to go through the mine. You got to get this. And then we still got to make this one delivery. Hey, man, my inner monologue's a dick. Well, that's the thing you have to, you know, you have to do when you get older. That's, that's one of the things that people don't tell you when you get older is you end up building all these different tasks, like, or things in your life that you don't have to do, but you're like, I need to do it. Cause otherwise I'm not going to stop thinking about it. Or it's some like a example, uh, I make like I make cold brew coffee about once a week. So you know I grind the fucking beans, put the sure. grounds into like a filter thing. I fill that you know screws onto the top of the lid of this pitcher that I fill with water, and then I just stick it in the fridge. And then a day later, I have cold brew. So I don't like. Like, I know I have to make cold brew again because otherwise, because I enjoy that shit. So, and no one's making that shit for me. I have to make that shit for me. Exactly. And now it's a thing. It's, I hate that, like, now that's a thing that I have to do in advance so I can have this thing that I enjoy. And now, and, and to get back to the video game thing, like with Mario Kart, Mario, uh, with Mario Kart Tour, which is a mobile game that I play and I'm very good at. Anyway, uh, win. every, no, I don't pay to win. I don't pay to win. Anyway, I so they have a they have a feature where there's a race every day, and if you complete like that, you know, if you do each race every day for two weeks, which is usually how long a, uh, the new tour runs, where you have like you know special tracks and special drivers you can get and all that stuff. So anyway, if you race every day, that one like the one track that's set aside for that day, then at the end of those. Two weeks, you get a special badge that's like a kind of just like metallic kind of just rainbow color, but it's also the design, like a special design for that tour. And so it's just like, that's what you do. And like, that's what I have to do every day. Every day I have to like pull it up and, you know, do my, run that race. And then like, okay, there, there. So I'm good for that day. And then I know at the end of those two weeks, I'm going to get that badge. Does that badge give me money? Or is it transferable for value? Like, no, it's just a stupid thing that I want because I'm a completist and this makes me happy. Yeah. Same with like, yeah, same with like when we, when I do Wordle every day or listen to Hurdle just because like, oh, you know, it's just something I do in the day and just like knock it out and there you go. I'm fine for the rest of the freaking day. Well, you know, that's the interesting thing about Stardew Valley is like I find myself in this routine in the game where like, okay, I get up in the game, I go do this, I water these plants, I check on the chickens, shit like that. And going through that same routine with each day is really making me rethink my morning routine, which I don't like, I don't have a routine. You need a routine. I I need a routine. And I keep thinking about like what to do and how to start structuring myself better. I need to get back into it. But I, I'm gonna blame it all on like the last two years. You know, I Look, I hey, don't man. have it. But this this game of all fucking things is making me rethink it. You should. I mean, look, I probably mentioned this a couple times in the episode. I mean, in different episodes. But I'm gonna mention it again because fuck it. We need to burn a couple more minutes and then we can end this episode. Ever since the pandemic, my routine has been: I put on my noise canceling headphones, Sony WF WH one thousand XM threes. I don't have the XM fours yet. Part of me is like, nah, the XM threes are you know are just the same. They only have like maybe one or two features that the XM fours don't. So that's why I haven't upgraded. But I put on my noise canceling headphones. I get my cold brew and I listen to my podcast. I'm drinking the cold brew. That fucking is my morning and i look forward to it every goddamn morning that is literally the only reason i get out of bed is just so i can have my cold brew my noise canceling headphones and then just fucking listen to my podcast and there we go then the rest of the day i can deal with whatever comes my way see that sounds lovely i usually get out of bed because eventually i have to pee (laughs) i mean same here but 
Honestly, like the the cold, knowing that I'm going to have cold brew coffee and my noise canceling headphones, I'm like, all right, all right, I'm I'm going to get up for that. And then afterwards, like now I'm already up. All right. The whole world can fucking come at me. I already got my coffee. I'm good. So, yeah. So that's why you and that and who's to say your routine has to be in the beginning of the day. It could be at the end of the day. It could be to somewhere in the middle of the day. Just some time where you do something that just calms you down. It's not, even, I don't know if it's about calming for myself. It's more like getting myself going, like <clears throat> gearing myself back up. I know. I, I feel like a lot of that is filled with either five hour energies that you keep downing or other, oh, I don't do those other stimulants. Often. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, don't keep doing those. That- no, I, I don't do a lot of those. Um, for me, it's mostly coffee, but like I, as much as I want to like, make my own cold brew coffee one i've become super lazy but two i also kind of enjoy on the days i work from home walking down the street to get coffee because it gets me outside gets me moving around uh, well, i get to see other human beings for a few minutes so who's to say that's not your routine you just like you just get to walk maybe because just- sometimes i wake up i crawl out of bed so late that i run out of time and don't have enough time to do it before i clock in well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe no. I I need to figure this shit out on my own. I'm I'm working on it. Yeah, maybe get up. Maybe you know, invest in like I don't know. If you're feeling chilly, invest like in a good jacket or or maybe some good, good walking shoes. I don't know. Just oh no no not like, not there is no item that I can buy that will fix this. There's there's no purchasable <laughs> How solution. dare you? How dare you, you freaking communist? How dare you spread this that capitalism can't save you? Like nope. you're you're the problem. I that <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. I'm the problem. I know that. I'm How working. dare you? Capitalism works 100% of the time every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's only 10% true. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm working on it, but I, I just think it's been funny playing this stupid game of all things. It's really drilling it into my head, like what it is I need to do. There you go. So well, as long as, yeah, just consider Step it. one, acknowledging I have a problem. There you go. Something <sighs> to do with your morning that'll help you out. And in the meantime, I will let you go so you can maybe get a good night's sleep and you can get ahead on that. Uh, so, yeah, this episode might be a little bit short. <laughs> this episode might be a little bit short. Oh, I have to it's edit still out over some an hour. silences we'll and all that stuff. But, yeah, let us know if maybe you prefer an hour-long show. And then maybe we'll just do a longer show for, like, a, a Patreon or whatever. Let us know what your routines are like. What do you do? Yeah, there you go. What is, what is your routine? Something that gets you out of bed. Maybe some of these cool museums we mentioned <laughs> or movies. <laughs> I don't uh, think their their routine is going to involve the museum, but like, yeah, just the simple things. Hey, look, if if I live near the Getty and I could just my routine would be just get up in the morning and walk towards the Getty and just see that amazing view and then I guess walk home and do whatever the fuck I do to earn to to live in that area because that's fair that's fucking ritzy as fuck yeah yeah but you know there's also fire so it's like eh, you know eh, plus or minus man i was on reddit the other day and somebody reposted like one of those crazy fire shots from a few years ago when just the whole hill on both sides of the freeway ah uh, yeah was just engulfed right. and people in the comments were freaking out is this happening now like no, 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 this is like four years old or something. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, man. That uh, was, that the was big intense. Wo- that was the big worry. Everyone thought that the Getty was going to burn. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, man. That's like, because everyone's just like, no, not the Getty. But then the, it didn't burn. So I was like, I was like, all right. Yeah, those photos were surreal. Oh, man. We're due for another fire season. And God help you if you don't have a mask. Because they're just like, <laughs> The that would be the irony. It's like when people are like, oh, "I'm done with the mask." It's like, "Why is the sky so orange and my throat is burning?" You got to put the mask back on. Shit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So hold on to the those N95 masks, folks, because you know if the fire starts going, you're gonna need them just to breathe comfortably. Yeah. Exactly. 
All right. Uh, so if you want to let us know out of if you have any opinion of any of the following things we just said, or maybe you just want us to do a longer episode, hit us up uh, on the emails. You can just email us at uh, to live and try and lay podcast at gmail.com and the socials at to live and try and lay podcast on Instagram and at to live and try pod on Twitter. Say hello or screw you. I don't know. You Well, whatever energy you come with, just, you know, be easier on Tyler because he still doesn't have his morning routine. I'm already asleep. All right. Okay. Well, good night to you and to our listeners or good morning. I don't know. Whenever you listen to this, whatever is happening, just good whatever time of day you're at. All right. Either way, (laughs) good night, y'all. Rest well. (laughs) Good night.